My friends, today we open the Word of God to Revelation chapter 3. And as we find ourselves beginning at verse 14, we find ourselves at the seventh church, the church of Laodicea. And we hear the message that is sent to the angel of that church. But before we hear that, let us lift our hearts in prayer. Almighty God, bless us this morning as we open your word and as we hear this message for the church in Laodicea. May you help us to see all that is within this word that we need to see. May we find ourselves here, but more than finding ourselves, may we find you, your Son, your Spirit, your grace. Open our hearts to receive your word. Open our ears to hear it. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and I don't need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you. Buy gold from me, refined in the fire, so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest, be zealous, and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My brothers and sisters, imagine that we are on a bit of a tour, and we have been on a bit of a tour through these seven churches in Asia Minor, beginning in Ephesus and working our way around to today. Today, where we find ourselves, today seven. And we are stopping in the city of Laodicea. Now, if I was a tour guide for Laodicea, I would want to show you so many things. Maybe we'd begin the day early in the morning with a farm tour, and we'd go for a walk along the Lycus River Valley to see all the different crops that would be grown there in the rich and fertile soil. We would see beautiful farms, healthy crops, wealthy farmers. We'd leave the farm tour, and then we'd enter the city proper. We would come out of the valley and into the streets, 
and we'd find there a rich and prosperous city. And I would brag about the rebuilding of this city in the wake of an earthquake that happened in 60 AD. And I would talk about how when Nero, who was Caesar, offered to help us rebuild, we declined and we did it all by ourselves, entering a golden age in the city's history. And we'd move from there and we'd go down the streets and I would show you different things. I would show you the banking sector. This was a place of wealth, tremendous wealth. And I would show you the places where you could buy some of the very best and purest coins minted in Laodicea. Some of the finest gold in one of the strongest economies in all of Asia Minor. And any good tour guide would always leave time for shopping. We'd stop in the garment district where you could buy something called trimata, a garment made with glossy black wool, so famous in the Roman world and so desired that the city was often called trimatera. And after we finished shopping, we'd round out the trip with a visit to the medical district to see some of the best doctors and the pharmaceutical companies that are based here in the city. It's in Laodicea where they made Phrygian powder, a combination of zinc and alum that was very effective in treating eye problems. And that would be a very full day, seeing the sights and the sounds of Laodicea, this very big city this wealthy city, and it would have been a long walk for us to see all of those things, climbing from the valley into the city proper and all the different districts. And it's a pretty hot climate, so we've had a hot walk along the whole way. So we would head to the inn for the night. And maybe at the end of this tour, you're feeling a little sore, a little dirty, so you draw yourself a bath. Or maybe you are thirsty and you pour yourself a cup of water to drink. And you step into that bath to clean yourself off or you take a drink to quench your thirst. Yuck. I should have told you to stay away from the water because Laodicea has tremendously bad water. And it has bad water for a reason, and that's because it's about 10 kilometers away from its water source. From any water source. 10 kilometers to the north is Hierapolis. And there, they have hot springs as their water source. Hierapolis was famous for their baths that came from the hot springs, the healing properties for aching joints and dirty bodies. If we go 10 kilometers to the east, we find Colossae, where a cold spring brings cool water, refreshing water to the people, clean and pure and drinkable. But not the water in Laodicea. There are no springs here, hot or cold. So what we had to do is we had to build aqueducts to bring water from a spring that is 10 kilometers away, but not from the north and not from the east. Instead, we had to bring it from our own source in the south. A 
And that spring contained hard water with minerals so thick that it clogged Roman stone pipes. And it was smelly water with sulfur deposits at the source that turned it sour. And we don't know whether that spring was hot or cold at the start. We tend to think it was hot, but it might have been cold too. But we know that whether it started off hot or cold at the source, this, this hard water, this smelly water, this sulfur water traveled 10 kilometers to get to the city. And there was only one temperature that it could be. Lukewarm. Lukewarm, milky water that smelled like rotten eggs. Now you might wonder, why would anyone live in Laodicea with the best hot springs 10 kilometers to the north and the best cold springs 10 kilometers to east? Why would you put a city in a place with no water and then pipe in bad water from 10 kilometers from the south? And the answer was money. If you lived in Laodicea, you made so much money that you could say no to Nero. You could say no to Caesar. We'll do it ourselves. If you lived in Laodicea, you could say, I have everything I need. In the face of disaster, I can rebuild. In Laodicea, you have so much wealth, you can say, I don't need anybody else. I am the master of my domain. I am the ruler of my life. I don't need anyone or anything else. And this is the text that is behind the text that we've read today. The story of Laodicea is the story of a church immersed in a culture of wealth and prosperity. So much so that they have traded living water and healing water for polluted water, all in the name of economy. Jesus says, I know your deeds people of Laodicea. I know that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Laodicea has a water problem. It's interesting when we think about the Christian life and we think about water and water is connected to so many things, connected to baptism, connected to, to the promise and the covenant that we're given. We often express the Christian life in this way. We think of it as a metaphor of being filled with water and then overflowing. Sometimes we talk about grace in that way, that God gives us so much grace, so much forgiveness that we can't help but grace and forgive the people around us, that forgiveness and grace come in and it overflows into the world around us. Or we talk about love in that way, that God gives us so much love, he pours so much love into us, that he gives us his one and only son, that we can't help but pour out love on the people who are around us. Or life, that God gives us so much life, an abundance of life, a full life, a pleroma of life, an eternal life, that we can't help but overflow and pour life into the people around us. 
and so many other things that God gives us to. And when we're connected to God in that way, when we're connected to living water, the cold waters of Colossae, of gospel, of theology, of worship, or when we're connected to the healing waters, the hot waters of Hierapolis, of mercy and justice and care, then what splashes out of us is refreshing and life-giving. Or it is zesty, the Greek word for hot, passionate and life-honoring. Whether God pours into us hot water or cold water, H or C on the tap, Hierapolis or Colossae, the way to remember those cities, if we are connected to God as the source of water in our life, whatever that looks like, then what we've got is good. And what comes out of us, our works, is good. But not in Laodicea. In Laodicea, the decision was made to connect to another line, not H for hot or C for cold, Hierapolis or Colossae, but L for lukewarm Laodicea. And not connected to the good things of God, but to the mediocrity of our own stuff. Laodicea believed that they were capable of every good thing on their own and that what they had earned because of what they could do was good in and of itself. But Jesus says that's not so. Verse 17, you say, I am rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Jesus is offering commentary not only on Laodicea, but on the world and everything that it offers in and of itself. He says, you can make all the money in the world, but it's never enough. You're always poor. And you can chase all the knowledge and wisdom in this world, but still be blind to the important things. You can be beautiful and still wretched and ugly. And you can be a big bully with all the power in the world and still be pitiful. And you can dress it up in fancy clothes from the very best designers weaving wool of black. And still that life is just nakedness. This is, as Jesus calls it, rebuke. This is stinging as he offers commentary on the world, on Laodicea, and on everything that we try to do in and of ourselves. But we, we're told that this judgment doesn't come from a place of anger. Sometimes we read about Laodicea and we think Jesus is being angry with this church. But what we need to see in this is the tremendous compassion. That this comes from a place of love. That Jesus says, I rebuke those whom I love. Because it comes from a place, a desire for us to have something that is more. This is the will of God. If we're ever wondering what the will of God is, it's not to be angry 
with us. If we think about parents and their children, a parent's desire is never to be angry with their children, but to bless them. And God wants to bless us in that same way, with every good thing, starting with the grace of Jesus Christ. And that blessing starts from knowing this, that living and healing waters for Laodicea and for us are not 10 kilometers away. They're not in Herapolis. They're not in Colossae. Living in healing waters are with you. And all you need to do, the text tells us, is repent, turn around. There's a hand on your shoulder. That hand is connected to Jesus. Jesus is right there. Jesus is always there, offering living water for the thirsty and healing water for the broken. Cold, living water. Hot, healing water. Coming from Jesus, who is with us. And all we have to do is turn around and connect to it. That's the gift of grace. As we think about the gift of dying and rising, what has Jesus done for us? Connected to the source of living and healing water. And all we have to do is repent, turn around, change our minds, and be zealous. Some of our translations say to, to live in earnest or to be earnest. The word here is actually zeal. The end of verse 19 says, repent and be zealous. And zealous can be a scary word for us. Because sometimes we equate zealous with some negative things, with being weird, or being angry, or being judgmental, or, or living in a way that is over the top. But being zealous is not a word that means these things. Instead, it means something far more beautiful and important for us. Being zealous means don't be satisfied with mediocrity. Being zealous means pay attention and love the things of God. Being zealous means don't settle for lesser things. The things that they've been settling for in Laodicea. Bad water for the purpose of wealth. Instead, we're invited in zeal to do something different. Jesus counsels us to buy refined gold from Jesus, not from the marketplace. Don't put your trust in economy, put your trust in him. And even in poverty, you will be one of the richest people on earth. And don't dress up your life in black, fancy clothes. This is a metaphor that reminds us to wear the garments of white, washed in the blood of Jesus. And when we do that, our lives are beautifully adorned. We are wonderfully dressed in grace. And while doctors are good, let Jesus be the salve for your eyes. And you will always see goodness and truth, even when you are physically blind. And knock on the door, and I won't just give you a cup of water and a bath. I will, I will come 
to the table. When you hear my voice, I won't just, I won't just see you and leave. Instead, I will come to your table and I will eat with you and you will be a part of my family and I will be a part of yours and we will be together because you're not supposed to go at life alone. Jesus says, be a part of my kingdom. Don't chase after power. Be a part of my kingdom and we will create beautiful things together. As kingdom and priests for God's glory. Jesus gives this wonderful promise to us who turn around and who seek the wonderful things of God. And this promise that is given to Laodicea is given to us in grace. That all of these things that we see here, we can see in ourselves. And what we need to do are really three things. And the first is this, the first thing we need to do in our lives is we need to check our spiritual plumbing. Go around the house of our lives. See what the taps are connected to. Take a look at how they are labeled. Do we have an H and a C? Do we have hot and do we have cold? Or do we have a third tap with a little bit of L? And by the way, as we read this text, we need to understand it's not a binary choice of one or the other. There are times in our lives when we need refreshment. And there are times in our lives when we need healing. And there are times in our lives when we need worship and and doctrine and truth. And there are times when we need mercy and justice. The question is not whether we have hot or cold. God gives us both in our lives when we need it. The question is whether or not we've got a little bit of that lukewarm coming in from the south. Or maybe even a lot of lukewarm coming in from the south. And if we do, after we've examined our our spiritual plumbing honestly, whatever that might look like for us, our response needs to be the same as it was offered to this church in Laodicea. To do these two things, to be zealous and to repent. The message in here for the church today is that we were not created for mediocrity. You were not created for mediocrity. You were created for the beautiful things of God. So be zealous in your faith. Don't be satisfied with the worldly things. Don't accept the tap of smelly, stinky, hard water, lukewarm water that the world offers to pour into your life. Don't treat them as your source of life or the most important thing in life or the place where you derive your meaning, your purpose, or your beauty. Instead, turn around and be connected with the source of living and healing water. And from that, Derive your meaning, your purpose, your life. When you work, work as though you are working and worshiping God. When you play, play and honor Jesus. And when you serve, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting is that you don't have to move 10 kilometers away from where you are to find Jesus. In your work, in your play, in your service, all you have to do is turn around and know that he is there with you. His hand is on your shoulder. 
And when you do that, when you turn around and you become connected with that source, when you are zealous, when you accept the things of God and not the things of people, then what overflows is good water. Jesus knows us by our works. The Catechism tells us that our faith is known by the fruits of our labor. And it's known by the thing that overflows from us. If we are connected to the LTAP, then what overflows is what overflowed in Laodicea. If we trust in our economy, what flows from us is economy. If we trust in our power, what flows from us is earthly power. And all of these things are milky and warm and smelly. But if Jesus is the source, if God is the source, if the Holy Spirit is overflowing within you into your life, then what you pour forth are the cold waters of Colossae, of truth, of gospel, of worship and word. And what flows from you is the hot waters of Herapolis, of healing and justice and mercy and care. Whatever is needed, H or C, when the tap is turned on in your life, what God has filled you with will fill the world. As you have received water from God, you are water from God. Bless the world with the blessings you have received in Christ. This is the word of the Lord for the church in Laodicea and for we who are the church today. Be zealous, repent, overflow. Hear, you who have ears. Shall we pray? Almighty God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it leads us and teaches us, how it calls us to turn around at the feel of your hand on our shoulder, at the knock of your son on our doors, at the, at the sound of his voice. And we pray, we pray that you would help us to turn, to repent and to find him and to connect to you as the source of healing and living water, both hot and cold, bringing us into the beauty of your grace however we need it, whenever we need it. And Lord, we pray that as we turn, you would help us to turn from lesser things, that we would be zealous for you and not settle for the mediocrity of things offered to us here. We do not desire or need the water from the south because it is unworthy, it is not good. Instead, let us find beauty and richness and knowledge and wisdom in you. Help us to buy pure gold, the gold of grace. Help us to buy white clothing washed in the blood of the Lamb. Help us to find relief for our eyes through the balm of Gilead. May we find the grace and the life that comes from you. And in these things, find meaning and life and purpose and beauty. Our Lord and God, as we pray these things, we pray that you would help us to examine our lives with honesty and integrity. May we see the rebuke where it is needed and may we turn to find the beauty and grace that it entails. 
And when we are connected, when we are connected to the source of living and healing water, when Jesus is truly in our lives, when your Holy Spirit is within us, when you bless us, may we then overflow. We pray that you would allow us to grace as you have graced us, to love as you have loved us, to live and to pour life into those who are around us as you have lived for us. And when we overflow with your healing and living water, may the world too find what it needs. May it be inspired towards the greatest things. May they find your love and your life in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.